I knew that my boat-building shed had to be cheap, but I did want it architectural as well. Nikolaus Pevsner began the introduction to his Outline of European Architecture, a book that was published the year I was born and has become a classic, with the following often quoted sentence. A bicycle shed is a building, Lincoln Cathedral is a piece of architecture. In my 25-year-old well-thumbed paperback copy of Pevsner's book, the statement about the bicycle shed in the cathedral was underlined. As an architecture student, I had penciled a querulous question mark in the margin, so it must have disturbed me. It still did. I was not designing a bicycle shed, but I knew that my boat-building workshop was certainly out of the cathedral class. I was not sure that I liked the idea of my project being relegated to a distinctly inferior status, however. I had no quarrel about the significance of Gothic cathedrals. A visit to Chartres had been the architectural highlight of my post-graduation European Grand Tour. But I liked sheds, too. Were the two really so different? What was it exactly that made a cathedral, and not a bicycle shed or a boat shed, architecture? Pevsner, an eminent art historian, suggested that architecture was distinguished from everyday building by being designed with a view to what he called aesthetic appeal. Aesthetic means sensitive to beauty. The cathedral is a work of consummate artistry, But who can say that the builder of a bicycle shed does not care about its appearance? He locates the supports symmetrically at each end, the woodwork is carefully jointed and planed, the roof is painted, ornamental trim is attached to the gable, a little carving is added to the brackets. What is the purpose of this additional effort, if not aesthetic appeal? Is it size that distinguishes architecture from humbler buildings? Cathedrals are more imposing than bicycle sheds. The tall nave of Lincoln towers 70 feet in the air and stretches almost 200 feet from the entrance to the crossing, and another 250 feet beyond that into the vast angel choir. The columnar piers that reach to the apex of the ribbed vault recall a forest, and the darkness and chill are those of a huge cave. It is awe-inspiring. On the basis of any number of massive piles of granite or marble, one is tempted to conclude that architecture must be monumental— But throughout the Renaissance and Baroque periods, architects were often called upon to design chapels and garden pavilions. Brunelleschi's Pazzi Chapel in Florence, Bramante's tiny Tempietto of San Pietro in Rome, Palladio's family chapel at Mesa, Ange-Jacques-Gabriel's Petit Trianon at Versailles, and Joseph Effner's delightful Pagodenberg in Munich. Such little masterpieces readily find a place in the history books, suggesting that smallness is no obstacle to making the architectural grade. All buildings have a function. They are undertaken not to gratify the designer, but to fulfil a social purpose. Of course, compared with the high-minded role of a cathedral or of a chapel, the use of a shed is lowly indeed. This is what John Ruskin meant when he said that the purpose of architecture was to raise men's spirits, which merely utilitarian buildings were not required to do. But the impact of the cavernous Lincoln nave is not only because of the atmosphere of solemnity and worship, the smell of incense and the murmur of prayer, it is also the result of the man-made space itself. The giant Zeppelin hangars built in Friedrichshaven in the early 1900s must have had a comparable breath-stopping effect. I had only examined photographs of these buildings, which were dismantled in 1918, but I did once visit the machine hall of LG2, the great hydroelectric installation on the La Grande River in northern Quebec. 
This immense underground room, which is over 1,600 feet long and taller than Chartres Cathedral, made the same visceral impression on me. I felt small and at the same time uplifted. Is it sacrilegious to compare an airship hangar or a power station to a cathedral? Ruskin, who hated the paltry art of that great Victorian shed, the Crystal Palace, would certainly have thought so. The famous art critic had cautioned his readers, It is very necessary in the outset of all inquiry to distinguish carefully between architecture and building. The undisguised inference, later explained, was that only the former merited a refined person's attention. But I am not sure that the medieval cathedral builders would have objected. After all, some of the most magnificent structures they built were intended for mundane uses. Monastic cloisters, infirmaries, refectories, and even kitchens exhibited architectural pretensions no less monumental than those of the cathedral. When the secular canons of Lincoln needed a meeting place,